0: That's how you know you upset your manager. Yeah. Throw your closer into a blowout just so he's screwed for the (laughs) All-Star eligibility.
1: So he lets him face Judge for who knows why, and he hits the ball (laughs) so hard that the runner from second can't
0: score. (laughs) Again, it's right on the order form. You could see if people were ordering different bats. It's not a secret. (laughs)
1: No, it's not.
0: <laughs> and welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 65, where we'll be talking about the All Planets game, since we couldn't get the rights to the other one. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined tonight by Josh Housem. Josh, happy All Planets break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying the All Planets break, Greg. <laughs>
0: um, so, since our last podcast, we'll talk about the fact that the Jays went 3-2, and two, including what I will call the most horrendous split of a four-game series I can remember. Um, the problem, if your name is Hap, Sanchez, Biagini, or Estrada. Uh, the good news, if you're Mike Bolsinger, Roberto Osuna, um, even Josh Donaldson or Tudelwitzki. Uh, the final snub that was Marcus Stroman. Uh, we have news about Vlad Guerrero and Bo that we talked about last week. Apparently, somebody who's listening maybe took our suggestion. We have your questions. We have a do-over. Man, the play the game right the right way category, I think, is what that one falls under. And uh, we'll probably chit-chat a little bit about the Home Run Derby if we have time, because there was some impressive stuff there. So let's go back in time. Let us return to regular season baseball. Three and two. That sounds good if you just say three and two.
1: It does, doesn't it?
0: Unfortunately, I think the Jays pretty much when, when you start talking about five game little snippets here 4 and 1 is really the only or 5 and 0 oh is really the only acceptable result at this point to get them where they need to be.
1: Yeah, and it was never likely to happen against that group of players or opponents rather, you know, facing Houston and New York. So, 3 and 2 which actually it wasn't quite three and two, but <laughs> <because> <laughs> it was the games before and whatever, but it was better than people probably expected out of those games.
0: On aggregate, though, they were like, oh, and five, were they not?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they lost 12-1 and 19-1 against Houston. Were those the two scores? 12-2. Oh, 12-2, right. There was that late home run from Tulo. Oh, and Carrera in that and one. And Carrera. Yeah. I thought one of those was Tulo, one of those was Carrera. But I, I, of course, yeah, Carrera was the one
1: to give them to the second run.
0: Ah, uh, I, I may not have tuned in for the entirety of those two games, Josh.
1: No? I'm shocked.
0: <laughs> I was actually working uh, on the weekend, and uh, I, the customer came to me because he was watching the game, and after about, I think it was, it couldn't have even been 25 minutes. Uh, he goes, well, I'm going to check in with the Jays. I'm like, okay, that's good. And he comes out outside and he goes, five, nothing already. <laughs> I'm looking at my watch going, uh, that that really shouldn't have happened that fast, even under the, at the best of times. And that was Jay Hap's doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, Jay Hap and combined with Josh Donaldson. Hey, Justin Smoke just got a hit in the all-star game. That's pretty cool. Sorry. I'm watching this as we're talking here, but uh, yeah, that that one didn't go so well. Josh Johnson's error didn't help, but then happy up some bombs. That was the second of the massacres. But luckily for me, I was the one on the Saturday when they won seven to two, which is actually a beautiful ball game.
0: Didn't that end up being seven to four? Or am I mistaking that?
1: That was the first one on the Thursday.
0: Oh, Thursday was seven to four, then seven to two. Yeah, seven yeah. to two. That's a nice comfortable uh you know, little run. It makes you feel like you're kind of in charge of things.
1: And they did not have to use Roberto Osuna.
0: Yeah. And he had been used a lot in the the previous series, it seemed. Um, And he's been used a lot all year long. And if you use him, you're much less likely to see him in the All-Star game. I mean, there was no danger of using him on Sunday, I guess.
1: (laughs) Maybe just use him on Sunday so that he can't pitch in the All-Star game and gets the full time off.
0: (laughs) That's how you know you upset your manager yeah throw your closer into a blowout just so he's screwed for the (laughs) all-star (laughs) eligibility
1: so i don't know if that even applies to reliever but if it did it'd be pretty funny (laughs)
0: um there was a lot of not looking good from pitchers in that series so sanchez also he was the first uh debacle coming back off the disabled list do you think that's a function of him being rusty because he, he was he was having trouble finding the strike zone and then they just started jumping all over everything from my understanding
1: yeah, I actually think that's exactly what it was. There were a lot of people clamoring for him to come up a start early because he got up to 70 pitches in a previous rehab start. And I was basically saying, it's like, yeah, but it's not just about endurance. There's a, He has to be sharp. He hasn't pitched in a while. And we saw what happened. He came back and he was all over the place. He had four walks in ending an inning and two two-third, leaving pitches over the heart of the plate. Yeah, It's like he got crushed for home runs from right-handed batters, which is not what happens to Aaron Sanchez with any regularity. So... I expect he'll be better next time, but that was not a good one.
0: No, and Joe Biagini didn't really adjust to his movement to the the bullpen, at least in his first kick at the can there back in the what, seventh inning. He only well, outlasted two-thirds.
1: Yeah, he pitched twice and did not do well in either one of them. <laughs> his, his first time out there, he gave up a home run, and the next time out there, he did much, much worse than that. So give up four runs and two thirds of an inning, I believe it was.
0: Yeah. Did uh, did BG maybe overextend himself in the starting rotation, and nobody wants to talk about that? Um, I think
1: there's some evidence of that, just because his command—he's been walking so many more people lately, and that was never his issue. I think that this ulcer break particularly will help him.
0: I do think that apparently there was a story that BGN chased John Gibbons down after the game to apologize for his his well, that one start that lasted a two-thirds of an inning or an inning or whatever it was. Um, I do think Biagini's is the kind of guy who might not want to tell the team about an injury. He fits that sort of mold of not wanting to upset anybody with bad news.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could certainly see that. I don't want to speculate on an injury because I haven't seen any dip in his stuff or anything like that, but it certainly could be possible. At least it could be fatigue that he doesn't want to mention.
0: Yeah, like you said, you, you, his command, though, clearly not where it was um, if he's walking guy. And your boy, Marco Estrada, he looked like he might get somewhere, and then he he didn't make it out of the fifth inning again.
1: Yeah, that was disappointing because he looked like he was doing so much better. Yeah, he gave up a home run earlier in the game to Aaron Judge, but who hasn't? <laughs> 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 but But other than that, he was doing really, really well until he got to the fifth inning, and then he gave up a single, and then a home run, and then a walk and then they got a strikeout, and then a walk, and then a single. And it was very clear, very, very, very clear to anybody watching. He wasn't hitting any spots. He was done for whatever he'd figured out for the first four innings, was not there in the fifth, and then for some reason, Gibbons left him out there to blow the lead. It made no sense.
0: Yeah, you, it, it was 5-0 when he walked, came into the inning, right? 5-2. 5-2, sorry, when he came in. So you you got a good good-looking lead, your, your team finally got a rally together, which uh, they didn't look so bad against Houston scoring runs here and there, but before the New York series, it looked like they couldn't score any runs at all. And I would think you would want to protect that, you know, those five runs, you treat them like gold, and Gibbons didn't.
1: No, he didn't. I mean, you can be forgiven, if you're John Gibbons, for letting him, after the home run to He-Man Choi, for, le- for letting him, you know, see if he can get through a little bit more. He walks Romine, which is bad, the nine-hitter. Or I guess he might have been the eight-hitter that day. Then he struck out Tyler Wade. Okay. But once he walked Brett Gardner after that, letting him face Judge Sanchez Gregorius was crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And would that have been the third time for those three guys by that point in the game? Yes, it would. Yeah, you don't want to give the advantage to, to the hitters. A guy who has fading command or lost his command and seeing them for the third time, uh, I don't know. Yeah,
1: and it was specifically bad. So he lets him face Judge for who knows why. And he hits the ball so hard that it can, the runner from second can't score. <laughs> so Single to right, that base is loaded. He's left in to face Gary Sanchez and miraculously gets him to pop up. So there were two outs. And for some reason, he let him face Gregorius. I get Aaron Loop has not been his best against lefties this year. But he's still your guy for this moment. And Didi Gregorius is much worse against left-handed pitching than he is right-handed pitching. He left Estrada in again, and he doubled to score two runs, and they lost the lead.
0: Yeah. And and, and that looks very much, on the surface, strictly managing to the pitcher W, which is one of the great. I, It's worse than managing to get your closer saves, in my opinion, by far.
1: I agree because usually when you're managing to get a save, it's you're bringing a guy in who doesn't necessarily need to come in. When you're managing to a win, you're keeping a guy in with the risk of blowing the lead.
0: Ta da! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, what do you know? <laughs> they did come back and win that game, though.
0: Yeah, but you do John Gibbons doesn't get any credit for that.
1: <laughs> no, Dylan Batanzas
0: does. Holy moly! What was going on? What is going on with Dylan Batanzas? Like. I remember the vicious, deadly, you don't want to face this guy. He's Mariano Rivera, the second coming. And he couldn't find anything. Like, there were pitches I would have been like, nah, I'll take that. (laughs) I know nothing about baseball.
1: (laughs) And even his outs, he was getting some guests from the umpire on that bat -bat to Bautista. He was just nowhere close. His walks per nine these years, 8.3.
0: That number is mind numbing in a league that nobody walks in anymore.
1: Yeah, he's also got a strikeout per night of sixteen point eight. So it's just batters don't put the ball in play. They walk or they strike out.
0: But it, it, like that's that's a guy in inning. Presumably on his good nights he doesn't walk a guy, so that's like two guys on base if he's if he's struggling at all right away. You don't need to put the bat on the ball very often. <laughs> that's true. Uh, which is what the Blue Jays, uh, were fortunate enough to learn. Uh, but yeah, he did not look like he knew even where the plate was or how to get, get there. It, it was like Estrada start before the last where he was missing by a foot here and a foot there.
1: Yeah. It's, it's Carlos Marmol ask if you remember that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I vaguely do for the Cubs. That's it. Yeah.
1: This ridiculous, ridiculous stuff and <laughs> people could not hit the ball, but he would walk everybody.
0: Yeah. And when the yeah, so
1: 62.7% of the batters have not put the ball in play against Dylan Batanzas either walked or struck out.
0: It's, it's insane. But it's still no yeah. good if you're trying to put this guy in in a one-run game. You, you just can't take that chance if you're if you're Girardi. And, he, and apparently, he keeps trying to hope he's worked it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, he walked in a run, as in he walked four guys. That's how the Jays got the winning run in that game.
0: Just insane.
1: And one of the people was Kevin Pillar.
0: <laughs> I like how we still throw that out there, you know, every so often. Just to remind everybody how bad it was. And he probably should have walked five with Bautista. Because Bautista yeah, sure surely, have. on those pitches that he was spitting on, he knew they weren't really in the zone.
1: Yeah, he should have walked five in a row to start the inning.
0: That's like, that's pitcher with a case of the nerves in his MLB debut problem.
1: Yeah, and that's an all-star. <laughs>
0: So, um, before we go to our all-stars, I, we just mentioned that, um, Mike Bolsinger did come in after Estrada, right? To try and clean up his mess.
1: No, no it was No, no,
0: my bad. Loop. After Estrada. No, Bolsinger followed. Um,
1: this is different, different game.
0: Yeah, in the Houston game.
1: Yeah, he, he was trying to clean up, I think it was Beliveau's mess.
0: hmm He's been doing a decent job, is all I was trying to say, somewhere in. Oh,
1: yeah. No, he's been fine. And, you know, that this is the role that he's made for. He, he was a little streaky in that that last Houston massacre, but the Jays were so far out of it at that point, it didn't really matter. He still gave him five and a third innings, which was his whole job. And that's what a long reliever is supposed to do. You know, come in and eat up the innings so your late-inning relievers don't have to pitch in these games that are out of hand one way or the other.
0: Exactly. I mean if you if you're going to have that bullpen with so many guys in it, you don't want to lose up but use up those high leverage guys when it's already, you know, uh out of out of reach. And and we've seen this from I think, you know, Baltimore has always had a guy or two who's who's done this to the Jays and it's really frustrating when you're the other team to see that you only scored maybe one run in four innings against the long reliever and yet you haven't really damaged the bullpen for the next two games in the series. So
1: and this was kind of an issue with the construction of the roster to begin the season. Obviously, it, the way it worked out is we found out that Ryan DePere was actually good. But <laughs> not, having, yeah, not having these long relievers does hurt you in those games that we're talking about. So I don't think they need two. I don't know why Lucas Harrell is on the roster, but I think Bolsinger should stick around.
0: And we will obviously watch that going forward after the break. Um, so Osuna, uh, obviously, we talked last week about... Justin Smoke being voted into the All-Star Game, which is super cool for him. So he started, like you said, got a hit. Uh, but late replacement, Roberto Osuna was selected, which I think was a real no-brainer on the part of the people making these uh, these decisions.
1: Yeah, we, we talked about this. There's no excuse for him not being on the roster to begin with. It was an extreme oversight, which thankfully was corrected because he has been easily one of the better relievers in the American League this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if you all uh, read Fangraph, Jeff Sullivan has an article out that came out today that you should go read because it, it does break down all the ways in which Roberto Osuna, A, uh, is one of the best in the American League, like you just said, and B, is remarkably better than he ever has been. And there's never been any question that he's been really good.
1: Exactly. A guy, a guy who's been a star having his best season probably should be in the All-Star game. <laughs> and he is. So they got it right in the end. And that's really what matters.
0: Uh, and he was able to go down with his family as well, um, which is really cool. I think anytime an all-star can bring, you know, bring the people he wants to bring with him, uh, it fit that into their schedule and everything else is awesome. So, so good times. Uh, the guy that they still overlooked and, and Steven Sousa Jr. is on, was on his team or is on his crusade was Marcus Stroman.
1: is also on this crusade, we should mention.
0: I'm blocked by Marcus Stroman. So I wouldn't know.
1: It wasn't on Twitter. It was a post-game interview where he said he definitely deserves to be an all-star, and that's all he's going to say about it.
0: Mm. Well, you got Steven Sousa Jr. to do things for him by proxy.
1: <laughs> so here's my view on this. Strowman probably deserves to be there, but the question becomes, who doesn't? Who do you kick off to make room for Strowman? I guess you could say McCullers, because he's only thrown 91 innings, but he's got 106 strikeouts, 91 innings with a 305 ERA.
0: How about Dallin Batances?
1: <laughs> well, they at the time, they was only had three relievers picked, right? So yeah. you're not going to remove another reliever. You only have two guys. So if it's going to be Stroman, the only guys you can argue for are really Darvish and Severino. But you could make really strong cases that both those guys have been better than Stroman. So
0: f- Yeah, unlike Osuna, I think Stroman is, is more a case of limited roster slots. And, and there are people who get left off the roster every year. And, and that's just the way it is. It is a bit of, pop, of a popularity contest as well, right?
1: Well, not so much with the pitchers, but it is in general.
0: I, I just, yeah. There's pitch better next year.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or hope other people don't pitch as well is probably a better way to put it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you could do that too. Um, so yeah, I'm not overly, I never get that riled up about all-star Stubs, but obviously i bet you Strowman is uh so we do have the last i guess note about donaldson and tulo are they getting hot are they are they heating up
1: i think the answer is at least in tulo's case and likely in donaldson's case pretty clearly yes uh i'll do donaldson first just because it's a much shorter thing just in his last four games you know he's he got six hits including you know a home run and he walked six times that's Pretty good over four game span, mm-hmm. and the biggest issue was that he started driving the ball, which he hadn't been doing for basically since that we talked before coming off the deal. He hadn't homered since June eleventh.
0: It's not what you want from your your MVP candidate third base.
1: No, it's definitely not. And then to Lewitsky, it's been going on for a little bit longer over his last sixty three plate appearances. Again, this is arbitrary endpoints, but it's still relevant. Sixteen games. He's hitting 300 with a 333 on base and a 567 slugging including five bombs.
0: It just always seems like he hits the bombs at the the least helpful time. And I know that's not his fault.
1: Although he so we we talked about that nothing home run in the Houston game, but the next game he hit that three-run bomb against Evensky in the 8th to put the game away or in the 7th.
0: Fair. Uh, this is purely anecdotal. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now they technically they were Still ahead in the game against uh, Ivansky, right? He didn't, he didn't, yeah, but it the was classic. four,
1: too. He kept it from Osuna having to pitch in his fifth game in a row or whatever it was, or fourth game out of five.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I just, it, it seems like it's, it's been a lot of homers late, not necessarily in, in a, you know, sort of clutch situation. And again, he doesn't always have control over that. Don't get me wrong. They're mm-hmm. just, sometimes you kind of, I
1: still, I still consider that a very clutch situation. They needed those runs. All right. Like it's a Houston lineup.
0: <laughs> Give him one. One clutch. For yeah. I don't want to make you look up the game situation during the podcast. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, the Blue Jays are, what, six games under 500 right now? 40 and 46?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: So they need. They 41 need- and
1: 47, but yeah
0: yeah sorry uh they need to get everybody firing on all cylinders they they can't have days like that and i know this was houston the best team in baseball but they, they can't have days like that from their starters and their their offense not clicking on all cylinders this is it right because if if it doesn't happen in the next 20 days um the non-waiver trade deadline's coming up and it's it's those are when the deals are going to get done, right? So if they're not in a good position at that point, it's really tough to justify adding.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely the case. This is the time to win. If they don't, you know, take the next two weeks and go, I don't know how many games they have in the next two weeks, but say they, they have to win 70% of them at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to play out of their minds. And, and you there is no oh well maybe into august no because there's gonna be a bunch of decisions made before august and other teams are going to start loading up and and the buyers are going to buy um whoever they are so you're not facing the same strength of of opponent um after that that most for the most part after that non-waiver trade deadline there might be more moves in august we've seen those too but they tend not to be as frequent
1: yeah that's exactly the case yeah so they have 11 games coming up they go three to detroit three and four in boston three in cleveland and four at home against oakland that's a tough stretch did i I say 11 games that's some bad math there but uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's 14 games they need to win 11 of them
0: yeah four more
1: oh Uh at least they need to win go 11 and three that gets them above 500 and then they can add
0: and and without that I don't think it's worth it. Then the question only becomes, okay, how how are you how much are you selling and can you get anything for the guys you're selling? So yeah. It's a it's a tough go. Um, so we'll leave the big big team. We can talk about the, the minor league team move now that might make us all happy. Uh Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bobochet were both in the futures game on opposite teams because that's how they do the futures game. It's uh the world versus America. doesn't make any sense to me at all uh and then that was their their last appearance in low a ball they are now dunedin blue jays
1: yeah and vlad jr impressed in the futures game on the way too, turning around a 99 mile an hour fastball for a rocket single in the field got two hits
0: no problem
1: yeah
0: and it'll be really fun sorry go ahead he scored the two runs as well just Happened. So you got to see him slide into home and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah. But uh, it'd be really interesting to see how both those guys do with the higher challenge in Dunedin. And if they keep going like this, I could see the Jays being really aggressive with them next year and trying to see how fast they can get these guys ready.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think the Jays are, are going to push these two as hard as they think they can push them. Really, because th- there are no position players in the higher levels who are really knocking on the door right now. There is no, you know, there's no second baseman of the future or, you know, Oh, right. Yeah. You know, out corner outfielder with power. Wait, like, well,
1: rowdy. the only guys he injured, Anthony Alford.
0: Yeah. So it's, there's Alford, there's Pompey, who's also injured and there's, he's back, but well, yeah, he's sorry. He's healthy now. He's been he's injured. So much. injured. <laughs> you don't know how good he is or how ready he is. And there's Rowdy Tellez, who had a horrible, horrible start to his year. And he is uh, hit only first baseman. basement. So, yeah, I can definitely see them seeing what they can push out of these guys. But you never know, right? Yep. Um, but good on them. I'm sure they're proud of themselves, and they should be. Because uh, at their ages, at ni- 18 and 19, ooh, crazy. So that means it's time for your questions.
1: Time now to hear
0: from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. How does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? I think everyone is watching the All-Star Game. Well, almost everyone, but we do have some questions tonight.
1: Yeah, we got three, which is actually more than I expected, considering how late the call for questions went out, and because the All-Star Game, but here we go. First one from Luke at Split Letters. Do you think the Jays are going to be pushing hard for next year, so 2018, or will it be more like 2019 before really contending?
0: Wow, he's already written off 2017. Luke is is a hardcore realist, as we like to call them. Um, Do I think they'll be pushing for 2019? I think it's going to be very difficult to make a contending team out of the pieces that they are sort of stuck with versus... um, what they can obtain by, you know, trade free agency. I I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think next year you're going to see an average team that's going to talk a big fight, but not do really m- much better than this year, is my guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know how inclined I am to agree with that. I think it really depends on how the season finishes up. Because if Tulo is actually back to being Tulo and you get some... You get Sanchez pitching better. And all of a sudden, they they start looking like the team that we thought they were going to be entering this season. You can fill some of the holes that are going to be created when guys leave and potentially go for it again. But if Whiskey is done, if Martin is – well, he's actually playing pretty well. But if he gets worse and if the pitching doesn't turn around, then you got to, I think, go for 2019.
0: Yeah, we haven't even talked about how Jose Bautista has become an OBP machine again and nothing else which is yeah. another problem that's only half of a problem but it's still a half of a problem you don't need right now um, second question Connor Moore at the Seahound asked would the Blue Jays record be better or worse if they were managed primarily by a sabermetrically optimized computer
1: <laughs> uh, so this is basically a Simpsons episode I think they did that or that book from Sam Miller and Ben Lindbergh. no no they would not
0: Uh, would they be better or worse so they would they would not be any better you're saying
1: uh i i I mean they'd probably be a little worse is my guess because there would be no one monitoring whether their pictures are actually fatiguing
0: yeah i i've seen some artificial intelligence programs attempt to come up with motivational posters and paint colors at the moment uh and from what i've which is hilarious if you can look those things up on the internet um Uh, but we're not at the point where complicated systems are handled that well. And I think that the human part of managing is really the part we don't know about and can't evaluate, you know, to be fair. Um, And that's the part where a computer would probably fall on its face. So, yeah, I, I agree, Josh. They would not be any better off with just straight playing the numbers. Although that doesn't mean I'm not occasionally frustrated by some of the weird stuff that John Gibbons occasionally does.
1: Yeah, of course, which we talked about earlier in the podcast. Yeah, uh,
0: but at the same time, I'm also impressed when he, you know, he deals with uh, Roberto, anxi- uh, Roberto Osuna's anxiety the way he did, right? Which the computer's yeah. not going to understand why Roberto's not available. That but... Dave Church, our third and final question, asks, are we actually in a universe? Where Justin Smoke is the only Jays position player who is an All Star.
1: I guess yeah, we are. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a sad thought. Obviously, well, I guess it, as I said, that depends on how you term an All Star. If you mean an All Star in 2017, then yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're limited to at this point is is the current crop of All Stars. If you told me any time before, I'll even say the end of April. That a team that had Jose Bautista, Kendrick Morales, Josh Donaldson, Troy Tulowitzki, and Russell Martin on it would have one all star voted in, uh, and it would be Justin Smoke. I, I would have, I just would have walked away totally.
1: And yet, Justin Smoke has the Jays' first hit in an all star game since 2011.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's all good to be Justin Smoke this year, and I mean, I, I sincerely hope for his sake it continues. I'm not mad that it's Justin Smoke. I'm I'm just mad that one of those other names didn't really even deserve consideration for for that midseason bonus. Uh, yeah. Which means, since we're done with questions, we can go to the duo. Oh my god, did he
1: really just say that? But we can try again, right? You talking
0: about a do-over, baby? Are you talking about a do-over? We believe in second chances. Okay, so... (laughs) This... This was weird when it happened, uh, and it appears to have been diffused in the meantime, but it still... still is worth mentioning that sometimes I think people just go to stir things up that really do not need stirring. This is a do-over regarding... Roberto Osuna finishing a game with Carlos Correa grounding out, which, on the surface of it, it looked pretty simple. Correa jogged up the line, Osuna fielded the ball, he threw to Justin Smoke, and the game was over. But that wasn't enough for whoever was doing. What was the name of the the guy doing the post game interviews on the Houston side? It was Hunter Atkins. Yeah, wasn't enough for Hunter, was it?
1: No. So. Correa offered it up first. He said that Osuna showed him up at the final out, and he said, "Next time I face him, he better not give up a homer."
0: And okay, okay, stop right there, right there. Next time I face him, he better not give up a home run. What does that even mean?
1: <laughs> I think what he meant was like, "I'm going to show him up big if he does." But it, but the way he did it, it was kind of funny. It's like he better not give a homer, and Osuna's probably like, "Yeah, I agree."
0: <laughs> I totally better not do that because you will then run around the bases and score a run, possibly driving in other multiple runners, and that would be bad for, for me and good for you. Like.
1: Yeah, so, but now this do-over is not for Korea, though. You know, He said it, he did the moment, next day, he realized it was dumb, talked to <laughs> Osuna, they worked everything out. This is for Hunter Atkins. <laughs> he had do-over chances, and he doubled and then tripled down. <laughs> would you like me to read them?
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: So, first, Atkins tweets out, more context on the final play. And this is his words, not Correa's. Correa grounded the final out to Roberto Osuna. Osuna paused for the crowd to roar, sauntered toward first, and lobbed the ball underhand. And then when people are like, uh, that's not what happened, he tweets again. (laughs) Correction on the underhand lob. Osuna paused for the crowd to roar, patted the ball in his glove, and sauntered six steps before throwing to first. Really, really dumb. But again, people were like, "Uh, did you watch the play? <laughs> Justin Smoke was in his shift. He wasn't even at the bag yet. So instead of saying, you know what? You were right. He just took his time because he wanted to wait for his first baseman to get to the bag. Oh, no. no Atkins no, comes no. out. First baseman Justin Smoke slowed on his way to cover the bag, <laughs> which let the crowd build up to its roar and Osana to saunter six steps before throwing to first. That was the next day. <laughs> It's some big conspiracy between Osuna and Smoke to show up Carlos Correa, apparently.
0: And Carlos Correa was moving down the line like a man who needed a walker. (laughs) Had he actually been running, there would have been no issue with any of it because it wouldn't have been so noticeable that everything took forever to unfold. Because Osuna... I'm sure, and Smoke are looking at Correa, and he's shuffling down the first baseline because he knows he's out. It's like, okay, the game's over. It's it's fine. You don't need to make a play out of it. Literally like
1: a musical. Yeah, and there's no problem with him not running, but just that's the way it worked out. Yeah. Daniel Murphy, by the way, just swung at a pitch that hit him with the bases loaded from Dylan Betances.
0: Dylan Betances is still in the game with the bases loaded?
1: Yeah, and he hit Daniel Murphy, but he swung at it, so he didn't get a <laughs> run in.
0: Is uh is Girardi managing still? Is the, I didn't think he was allowed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they should put it. They should put Osuna in. Really, I mean, also, no, they should.
1: I hope he doesn't pitch.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you just want him to be there and smile and wave. Yes. All right. So to uh, Hunter Atkins, if you'd like to actually watch the play and call it as it really happened, we'd be happy to have you on, and uh, and you can. Uh, you can tell us what you really saw, and then we'd never have to talk about it again. Let's take a few minutes to talk about the most ridiculous home run derby contestants in history. I thought last year's Giancarlo Stanton was the most ridiculous home run derby contestant in, in history. Because everything Stanton hits is so hard, it blows my mind. And then Aaron so I'm,
1: I'm willing to give you the most ridiculous home run contestant, derby contestants in the last 10 years or so. I remember Mark McGuire back in the late 90s, Sammy Sosa and everything they're hit judging at like 510 feet.
0: So the question is, do we trust the new home run distances more than the old home run distance? Because my inclination is yes.
1: I, I mean, probably, but when you saw those balls, I don't think those numbers were necessarily wrong. They were all steroided up to the hilt, but you know, juice balls, juice players, doesn't really matter.
0: <laughs> Something. It was juiced. still a heck of
1: a show last night, and that's what matters.
0: So, had the windows been open at Marlins Park, th- there had to have been about eight or nine baseballs that would have left the park entirely. Oh yeah, because they banged <laughs> off halfway up the windows. Like, that's not, that's not supposed to happen. That's a big park.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to have to hit the ball over the fence there, not <laughs> out of the stadium.
0: <laughs> they beat up on the home run sculpture. Um, I really think had Stanton squeezed past Sanchez in the first round, and they were, they were only one, one home run apart, and Sanchez really, those 17 were a bit of a surprise. I, I know he's a big, a good power hitter, but. Um, had he squeezed past, I think that it would have been an epic final round for the ages, because uh, you and I were talking about this earlier everybody else, by the end of the second round was just gassed except for Aaron Judd
1: yeah, the man is a large individual (laughs) and he just seems to have that extra bit of power to help him, even when he's a bit tired
0: well, yeah, you got Miguel Sano, and he's he's just sweating from every pore on his head and he's taking a hundred swings and he looks like he's taking about 500 and he's swinging out of his heels, and he's going like 340 feet 375 feet 412 feet and then judge fouls a ball off you think and it goes 404 feet to the opposite field
1: yeah and he's hitting 500 foot bombs in the final round
0: yeah like oh I found the sweet spot again good lord man
1: yeah he's a special kind of power
0: hitter isn't he
1: now we're not gonna go full buck and tabby but it was just really fun to watch yesterday
0: oh yeah I don't I don't think he's the greatest hitter of all time but he certainly has has the physique to have the most raw power in this league he's only the weird part is he's only two inches taller than uh, Giancarlo I thought there was a bigger difference between but I did too but yeah so when Giancarlo's talking and says you know I look at him and I see I see myself, he's actually, he's, I thought he was exaggerating. I'm like, no, you're not really. He's, he's 25 years old. He's two inches taller than you. Yes, he's 20, 30 pounds heavier, but that's not necessarily where the power comes from. it It's from, I assume, having such a long lever with which to swing the bat.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are the two most powerful hitters. And then maybe Joey Gallo, but he doesn't hit the ball enough in baseball.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you have tuned out of the All-Star Game uh, home run derby for a while, the change in format three years ago to the timed rounds was possibly one of the smartest things I've ever seen Major League Baseball do.
1: Oh, it was brilliant.
0: Because now everything is a rush, even in the first round, to get a few more home runs in. It's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I think yeah we've had our love in for Aaron Judge it's you know it's good that the Yankees the perennial underdogs finally had a player come through for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> By the way, just this is sort of related. I just mentioned Joey Gallo. I just have to mention this. He's got 21 home runs and 14 singles.
0: Yeah, that's, he wouldn't be the only person to do this in history, but
1: uh, no, but he it, the number is in single digits.
0: Yeah. Quality in our in our modern world do you have a final thought sir
1: i do rob manfred's back at it
0: oh no i think i think your final thought and mine are the same fire away
1: <laughs> <laughs> well so there's been a lot of discussion about the ball lately oh yeah and testing that has proved that the ball is flying more than before Man come, Manfred comes out, there's no change in the game ball that would explain it. Like, just, no, I'm just pushing okay. no. it aside. This is saying that the current ball falls within rather wide established standards. Okay, well then that means it could be different. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe you need to tighten the standards up. Who knew?
1: <laughs> While also hinting he's not displeased to see more balls leaving the yard. No kidding. And then he says that it could be the bat, and they're going to start testing the bat, but no, it's not the balls. <laughs> the
0: conspiracy level that it would require... To get the bats versus the balls to be like it doesn't even make sense. It just did it, it was all it was my same final thought. How how do you get all of the bat manufacturers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no uniformity in these bats to simultaneously make harder bats. Which is <laughs> presumably the only thing that's going to change it. Like, what They just started cutting down different trees all of a sudden? What? Also, that's the other thing that blows me away. There's a whole bunch of components in the ball that's wound, there's a cover, there's seams, there's a core. They're all changed. The bat has to be weighed, has to be a specific diameter, has to be made of certain kinds of wood. How much wiggle room do you have on the bat here?
1: I mean, yeah, I guess you could go up with a Babe Ruth club, you know, (laughs) 42-ounce bat if you can swing it, but
0: guys don't do that. Again, it's right on the order form. You could see if people were ordering different bats. It's not a secret.
1: No, it's not.
0: Oh, uh, so silly. Rob Manfred, I swear, is the guy who cannot leave well enough alone. He must He must swoop in and put his stamp on every aspect of a game that was doing just fine, thank you very much, before you showed up.
1: He doesn't like baseball, I'm convinced of this. <laughs>
0: Uh, I thought he slowed down for a while, too. It was good that they talked to him on the All-Star break. That way we can uh, we can resurrect the reasons Rob Manford doesn't like baseball this week. column. <laughs> 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 well, on that note, uh, I do believe we have come to the end of our All-Star... Oh, sorry. All-Planet Edition podcast. Um, I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010, and you have been Josh Housem at Joshua Housem. And this has been artificial turf wars episode number 65 we'll talk to you next week